episode 8 of the Flames Fancast. Uh, the good news is that we're releasing this one two months before the real episode 8 comes out, so you can get your Star Wars fix early here. Mm-hmm. Well, not really, but if you, if, you, if you use the Force and pretend, it, it can be like Star Wars. But anyhow, since our last recording, we've had two games, uh, two home games and two losses, a 2-1 loss to Carolina and a 4-2 loss to Minnesota. We're going to talk about both those games tonight, talk about things on and off the ice, and preview the next four games coming up a bit so that we know what the flame schedule looks like and we'll make our predictions for those four games as well. As I remember, Jenk, I was not too hot on those because we were 1-3 uh, in three in that stint. We won against Vancouver, we lost to Ottawa, we lost to Carolina, and we lost to Minnesota. And I think I said seven points, you and did. we got two. You did. I wish you were right. I do too. Uh, I think all the fans listening right now wish we were right as well. It's unfortunate. We've had a bad go here. Um, we're not, in general, it looks like the team is just not up for it. Uh, we'll have one good period like we did in the last game and then just trail off. I don't know what's going on. Well, let, let's start with Minnesota because that, that's fresh in the mind. And I agree with you absolutely. And we had another chance. I remember that failed um, offside challenge on Monahan's goal. Yeah. So Boudreaux says, okay, I'm going to challenge this and knows right away that it's not offside and they get a delay of game penalty for that. We have the chance to then... Uh, we, we do tie it up, and then the momentum is clearly with us. We came out of the gates flying. We're playing well. But then we lose that game 4-2. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like it, watching that whole game almost, you look at the Flames and say, uh, I'm not really seeing a sense of urgency here. The desire level is not as high as it can be. And when we had the chance with the momentum going forward, albeit at a 2-2 game, we, we, we never really said, you know what, these guys are on our heels in our building, third period, we just scored, we've got things going for us, let, let, let's turn the screw here, let's take them down. That, that, that never happened, and that, that killer instinct that is so crucial in any professional sports, no matter, no matter what the score is, if you don't have that killer instinct, you're really, you're really missing a big part of your you know, persona as a professional athlete. We didn't have that as a team. No, and I think uh, a big chunk of that is coming down to reliance on the uh, on the special teams. It's almost like we're hitting this trap now where we're almost relying on the power play exclusively to get our chances and our goals. I'm having a hard time watching these games and trying to see when our crucial points in the games are. And it usually feels like it's either a mistake from the other team or that it's a power play chance. We're not really generating too much five on five recently. Uh, these last two games, we're, we're so reliant now on other teams making a mistake and or taking a penalty on us that it's, it's, it's developing a bad habit. You just wa- I was watching five-on-five. Five. At the Canes game, I was there, and at the Minnesota game just on TV. We don't look. When we're breaking out of our zone, it, it just looks like it's going to break down. It yeah. looks like nothing is going to happen. And we, d- we have... Almost no capacity. I, if I was the other team, I do not feel threatened by us five on five at all. No. And the way I look, the only player that really stood out kind of five on five was was Goudreau. He has that ability to skate through players, to, to make that pass, to see that play. But f- for the rest of it, and occasionally there was a play where Backlund and, and, and Kachuk and Froelich really got some things together. And I was thinking to myself, because everyone was, oh, so excited about that McDavid spinorama assist, but... Backlund had a play that went uh, a nice one-two pass with either Froelich or Kachuk, I can't remember, but then he slotted a pass between someone's legs right to the guy in the slot, and we didn't score on that, but, I mean, if we had, where's the accolades for that? Like, it was an absolutely brilliant passing play in the vision for that. It didn't quite come off that way, but, you know, I, I, I feel like these players should be developing that chemistry and having that ability shift in and shift out. Not just once or twice a game where we've all oh, created a really good scoring chance that didn't come off for us. Because in both games, I think generally Mike Smith was doing his job. He was making the big save. He was coming up big. But our offense just was lackluster. It was really, really left me wanting. And, and you know, even right now, I can tell, talking about these two games, the mood is subdued. We're, we're like sitting here with our... With our and I remember sitting at the Canes game. It's that your elbow goes into the top of your leg, just above the knee, and, and your, your, your fingers go in front of your lips. And you're like, oh my gosh, here it is. 
that's that's the pose I have where my team is down and I know they can be doing better, but they're not. And seeing like two almost replica performances where at home games, it takes it takes some. It needs to be our fortress, and it's not. We're almost better away right now. Just mm-hmm. judging by how the season's going, we are better away. It's not almost. We are better away. We're not good enough right now. Uh, those last two games almost show this reality of, are we as good as we thought we were? And now I'm not saying that we're going to be the best team in the league, but maybe you know we're not as good as we think in terms of, are we a team that should be making the playoffs? Um, obviously, it's early. I'm not, I'm not writing it off, obviously, but it's more important to recognize are we still good enough to properly make a challenge into the playoffs and have a truly balanced team, uh, truly consistent efforts that we can expect from all these players? Right now, I don't see it. Um, and and it's it, important, but it's important to have those home games as a measuring stick. Your away games, all good. Looks good. We look good. No complaints. But your home games are the ones that you should be winning. That's your advantage. I think it comes down to, to that, that consistency you mentioned because it really seems like we've had a, a Jekyll and Hyde season where we have these games where we show up and the score isn't a blowout, but the game isn't particularly close. Well, Minnesota was a Jekyll Hyde game. We had a great first period, probably one of the best well, first the periods The game we I played saw. Against, against Anaheim, the game we played against L.A., yeah. you know, those were, wow, the teams really rallied around that loss, and we've come out of the, get, the gates flying. And look at, these te- look at this team. Like, well, this season's going to be exciting. We're really kicking it off. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, we go out there, lose three of the next four, and it's like, wow. It's and, almost and, like the players don't know. Every one of those games we lost was a home game. Ottawa was home. Yeah. We beat Vancouver away. Yeah. And then we lost Carolina at home, Minnesota at home. So and now we're playing two away games. Yeah, I think so. we're undefeated on the road. We are. I think so. No, no, we lost in Edmonton. That's right. That yeah. doesn't count, though. Well, we erased that from our memories, naturally. But yet we do not. We have points at home against Winnipeg. I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah, and again, like it's, not, it's definitely not Smith. It's not goaltending. Do we... Maybe not start this guy next game because no. he does need a break. I, I think um, you're going to see Eddie Lack in one of those. Yeah, it's a Tuesday, he, Wednesday, back-to-back. We need to give Smith a break because we can't burn this guy out too quick. He's still playing great. And maybe the guys need that change just because it does feel like, you know, there might be a play, a mental play here in the players where they're looking at Smith and saying, ah, he's got her back anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I'm not coming out flying... We got that. We got that backstop back there. And Smith has been a wall. With all due respect, he's played very well, but he is not getting the support now. Um, the Flames, aside from the Edmonton game, that that road run when we did very well in that world. I mean, nobody really expected us to do well, just judging by how we did last season on the road, especially against Anaheim. They finally said, you know, they probably start off with thinking, okay, we've always had shit goaltending. Let's just play our ass off. And then now that Smith is slowly establishing that comfort and that trust, it's almost like the play has subdued on the offense. Well, we should have used that Anaheim game as our springboard into rallying around that for the season. Like, okay, boys, we got this monkey off our back early. Here we go. Let's really take it to the league and let's show them what we're made of. And Mm -hmm. you know what? We've come out flat. Very, very flat. And... If anything's going to save us, it's that our division is so shit. Mm-hmm. Like this Pacific division is junk. You know, Vegas, how long is this going to last? Arizona, I'm sure we've mentioned this before, but wow. That's... I don't even know what Arizona's plan is. <laughs> we still don't know. We what asked do you do, that. Arizona? What, what, do you, do you what do? are you doing? What are you doing here? <laughs> like, what are you... um, I guess, but I, I do want to once again highlight, I am getting worried about this reliance on, on, uh, on power plays. Um, it, it is getting worrisome that we are generating most of our goal-scoring chances in the last few games through that alone. We need to be better five-on-five, five, and that's when the second line actually, sh- they were shining last season. They were the ones creating the five-on-five five chances more so than the first line. By and large, I mean, our five-on-five five chances are, I don't want to say minimal, but slightly above minimal. Minimal plus a bit some. <laughs> oh, we need to be But it, it is clinical. that second line, and that, I mean... Okay, in the Minnesota game, uh, who came in? Kulak? Yeah. I didn't even notice the guy. I didn't either. I mean, is that good or is that bad? That's bad. 
but it, it, maybe you don't notice him because he's just that player who's out there doing his job and he goes unnoticed. I suppose, but I feel like in a game like that, you do notice the guys that do their job because everybody else isn't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I didn't see him much. Maybe his ice time was 10 minutes or not even. I, I have to check, but it, my problem with this is that now you finally are punishing players for not playing well. You're bringing up a guy to play in the big time and you're not giving him big time minutes. You're not giving him the opportunity to shine. And in a game like that where it feels like nobody is really incentivized almost to try and score or try to rally the troops, why not give the guy that's actually hungry to stay on the team a little bit more ice time, let him show his stuff? Well, He's not a bad player. We've seen him play. There were, there were three chances too. And yeah, you're right. And I mean, this is taking in a bit of a direction now, but it's about those players seizing their chances. And mm -hmm. I remember... Lazar, Bennett, and I think it was Kachuk or Frolik, all having three very, very, very good scoring chances where they were in front of the net and they had that, the slot shot and either fanned or something happened where they missed those chances. Whereas I think it was Minnesota's third goal, that guy's, you know, 45-degree angle from Smith has a slapper out there. It just goes top shelf right off the crossbar and in. And they're capitalizing on these chances where we, we squander or we fan or we lose out on three of these in-the-slot chances. And you can't, you can't do that for a sustained period of time. Like, those chances have to be buried, especially at the, oh, come on, the NHL level. Like, how many, the pass has to be to the, to, the, to the tape. And I was watching, too, as well, like, in the Carolina game and in the Minnesota game, but especially the Carolina game, there were a lot of passes, breakout passes, that were to the guy's skates, and the guy's slowing down. He's adjusting his skates to bring the puck forward. You know, is it too much to ask to have that pass straight on the tape? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, <laughs> yes, it's frustrating. Yes, no, yes but, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to say no, it shouldn't be. They're professional fucking athletes. They should be able to do that. But uh, you're right. It does seem like they're struggling to even do the simplest things. As an aside, I want to point out that it does feel like other teams are starting to scout Smith a lot because they know that he's the fulcrum of our team currently. If you notice, I think three out of the last four goals that have gone in the net have been glove side, top high. corner yeah, shots. Glove side high. Uh, you know, the one against Carolina, I think it was Skinner that did the slapper, glove side high. Um, they, I think it was the first or it was the first goal that Minnesota scored, glove side high. And then the one that you talked about on the 45-degree angle, again, glove side high. So it does also feel like that teams are now catching on to our strengths and exposing that. And in this case, it's perhaps a weakness for them. They, they were great shots. I, I don't really know many goalies that are going to make those saves. Maybe they were lucky. Maybe they're not even scouting this. Maybe I'm reading way too much into it. But if you're going to expose our best asset on the ice, our most consistent asset on the ice, Galdson and crew have to adjust the game on our side. I think there has to be some, aside from the line juggling, which we've been doing, I think we might have to reevaluate how we're actually playing because yeah. it doesn't seem to be working that well for us. And, you know, you're, wa you're watching Carolina and you're watching Minnesota. I mean, they just, they're just collapsing in front of the net. You've got five guys collapsing and it's working for them. But when they're breaking out, all of a sudden they have open guys. And that plays into the Flames' level of compete again and again and again. Like, we're talking about this again and again and again. How is it that you've got a team playing the collapse? So they're, they're, they're coming into the net to cut off those shooting lanes and prevent us from shooting. And I remember screaming at the TV, just, just saying, you know, unleash one, Geo, or someone. Like, you've mm -hmm. got so much space. Just who knows what's going to happen? Who knows, really? And we're, we're not shooting the puck because either... Perhaps we're afraid they're going to block it and catch us on the counter, or we're just going to lose it, and we keep cycling it to no avail. But, I mean, I, I feel like we should just unleash one. And, and no more of these, I'm shooting it wide and hoping for the tip to hit the net. Just crack one on goal mm -hmm. and, and see what happens here. Because I remember it was the Minnesota game. Yeah, we had a great slap pass tip, Monaghan, but he, he tipped it straight into, who was that guy, Stalock's chest. Yeah. Like, dead center. You watch yeah. the replay. It was right there. It's like, sure, yeah. you got to tip on that, but I mean, you got to tip it somewhere where the goalie's not, I'm afraid. And I think, like, you know, you mentioned Geo shooting, Hamilton shooting as well. I noticed 
and actually this has been kind of a lingering thing I've noticed and maybe I just focus too much on it when I see it happen. Gio has a tendency to shoot it into the skates of a player against the other team. On the power play, when he should shoot, when I feel like he should shoot and he doesn't shoot, it drives me nuts. And then when he does shoot, when I don't think he should shoot, he's shooting it right at a player, right at the opposition, and it's bounced out of the zone many times. <laughs> Hamilton's done that a lot too. And I've actually noticed it a lot more this season so far. And we need to, somebody needs to tell them, guys, stop shooting in fucking front of the, if there's a player in front of you, stop it. Cycle it, and get some space, and then crack it one time. We're not one-timing it enough. Exactly. Even when we are cycling it, you can see, and, and it kind of looks like you can even tell from the player's body language. like They knew there was that split-second chance to have that shot, but once that's gone, you're not shooting it because the yeah. guy's there. He's blocking the and lane. And it's right? forced. But it's when that, that pass comes quick and he has to turn his body, skate across, you got to let it go. And Maybe it's Absolutely. something to do with the passing or the confidence level, but... Someone on that back line, and, and if we're talking about our team having one of the best defenses in the league, someone has to take charge, quarterback things, and sometimes let go of Cannon because we've got players like Brody, like Geo, like Hamilton, like Hamanich, Stone. All these guys can shoot. All of them can. And it's time that we you know, started playing hockey like it's meant to be played, especially at the professional level. Get that pass, have that shot on goal because – what we're doing right now, it's it's not really working. So we got to change things up, play our away game or whatever it is that we have to do, and uh, somehow find a way to get pucks into the back of the net. I I'd like that. We would all love that. I'd like that. I'd like that a lot. We just, I would like, start with the baby steps first. Show me that you want to win. It's, Show me the effort. It's interesting that you say that, that because there was effort. an article on the Flames website about I think it was Monaghan saying, you know what? The, the thing is, we just have to be better. Yeah, what does that mean? What does that... Okay, well... And then they, I remember them saying before, our compete level isn't there, our desire wasn't there. And that was in the preseason and in the beginning parts of the season, the Edmonton game. And, you know, we're eight games in now, and we're saying the same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's worrying to me. It's such a typical rhetoric. You watch so many of these interviews of the players and the coaches, and it's always the same, like five different lines. We have to get bodies in front of the net. We have to win the board battles. We have to keep the game simple. We have to try harder. We have to be better. Why don't you explain how you're going to be better, or at least show me the next game as a fan, that you truly are looking at how are you going to get better? How are you going to be better on the boards or put bodies in front of the net? Just because you're in front of the net doesn't necessarily mean you're adding value, as just an example. You need to make sure that the goalie is actually screened, for starters. I've seen players, not just on our team, many teams, where guys will kind of sort of block the goalie but then go to the side of the net. I'm not asking for the Avery maneuver here where you're holding your stick and waving in front of the fucking goalie. I'm talking about obstructing his view. An annoying presence. An annoying presence to be there to make sure that once the shot goes through, you are there to just make a problem for that goalkeeper. A, you just need to be a problem. And even then, I'm seeing guys kind of sort of go in front of the net, and then they go to the side, they're near the post, and, you know, have a plan. It doesn't even look like we and have I a mean, plan. This isn't, a, this isn't a thing that we're talking about here that's a coveted skill held by only five players in the NHL. Yeah. You can do this at the minor level, at very, very low Division six players. You, you learn this when you're a young kid from their coach, who was their neighbor in the cul-de-sac, back in. Uh, you know, who Oak watches Ridge. you through the window? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jimmy's out on the street again yeah. playing ball the hockey. Creepy Steve, dude. get out there and play. Yeah, he's just Come a creepy on, dude, just watching. But I mean, it's frustrating. Like it's even hard just. We talking have to about be better. It. It's just hard to. Hard to read that and just see that and say, oh, yeah, I think uh, we, we have to be better. Does that instill confidence as a fan? No, absolutely not. And that's why I brought it up. Like, this is what we're saying. I mean, maybe in his defense, maybe it's some, but it wasn't because it was posted today. But maybe it was some post-game interview. Sure, where you're frustrated after the game. It's like, you know what? We were garbage. We, we have to be better. Fine. That's fine in that setting. But... A calculated day after, you know, interview for Flames TV or whatever, after practice on a Sunday. Well, you know, today Coach Gulletson had us work on A, B, and C, and we're going to be better at uh, 
passing and breaking out of our zone and winning every 50-50 battle. I, I promise you next game we're going to win the 50-50 battles. Nashville, watch out. Something like that instead of we're going to be better. Yeah, don't tell us your plans. Like, obviously, we're not, <laughs> we're not saying, I don't you know, think it's a, I don't think draw it's the a board big secret that we're going to come out and say we're going to win 50-50 battles. Yeah, I mean, again, none of this is profound, and it's always the same bullshit. But it, like you said, you know, we're, we're losing Show games me because we're not doing the small things. And it, as you're saying, it takes baby steps, baby steps to get back. We have to just adapt our play to do the simple things first. And we should be working on that. We should be able to say what those simple things are to improve instead of just saying we need to get better. Because we need to get better has no focus for us and has no focus for the players. No, and like... It's just like life. I can't just be better. If I'm shitting the bed at my job, I can't just go up to my boss and be like, hey boss, I'll just be better. Well, what the fuck does that mean? It means if I'm, if I'm a boss and I have some employee come to me, he's like, I just gotta be better. It's like, well, do you even know what you're doing wrong? You're coming up to me because I'm all upset. I'm like your Maybe dad or something. Maybe they don't know what they're and, doing wrong. Yeah. So as a coach, I'm sure he's doing it. We need to give him probably a little more credit here, but as a coach, you got to tell your players, okay, we've done X, Y, Z wrong. We need to work on this now. Here's some game video. This is what you need to do because this is your fucking living. This is your job. You need to play better here, here, and here. Here are the aspects of what we did poorly. And do you know better. what? <laughs> do better. We need to do better. But those videos are ideal. I'm sure they do tapes all the time. You know, call guys out. Don't be afraid to hurt people's feelings. I don't give a shit. If you're saying that, hey, Monaghan, like, what the fuck was that? You kind of did a weird turn there. You didn't fight for the puck on the boards and that play. That's the kind of shit that I think Monaghan would actually appreciate to hear. Because he's not here to collect the paycheck and go home. He's clearly trying. He's got the most goals on the team right now. He had, I think, three game winners this season so far. He's been pretty instrumental in our offense because, let's be honest here, he's really the only one that's shooting. And it's bothering me that... It feels like nobody else is getting called out. And I, I mean, we'll get into how I think Gullitson is doing things a little bit, a little off the cuff here. It feels like, you know, he's almost confusing the players. It's kind of like, as much as it almost scares me to say it, it's kind of like he almost doesn't have a plan. Yeah. He's just kind of making it up as he goes along. And he's trying to figure out things. Okay, if, well, if I say this or come up with this plan or say these things... And, you know, if we're, if, we're, if we're segueing into the Canes game now, which I think we should, um, and we looked it up, we have over 12 minutes of penalties per game. Uh, and particularly, we're, we're uh, taking a relatively large amount of minor penalties as well. We're in, the top, nine. we're in the top 10 in the league for pretty much all categories for penalty taking and things like that. Uh, which actually surprised Pittsburgh me. It's very high. Yeah, which surprised me. Nashville. Yeah, but like, those I thought Eastern we were number teams. two not, or something. I don't know much about them. Yeah, but uh, Gulitsan and this penalty box bank account. Yeah. Brace yourself. I got a lot to say about this one. Okay. This is do this better. Is, yeah, do better. I'll do better here talking about it. This is by far um, the most ridiculous thing I've heard in a while. Um, and I hope people disagree with me because maybe I am taking it too hard. This, he had an interview before the, uh, I think it was a wild game. And uh, he mentioned how players have bank accounts. Uh, as in, if you take too many, if you take more penalties and draw them, you're going to be sitting. That's essentially what he was saying. And that really bothered me because for starters, he basically said Hamilton, he called out Hamilton and uh, who's the other player that he called out here? Kachuk, is it? It, it was Bennett? Kachuk, yeah. But, yeah, sorry, it was Bennett. Bennett still takes a lot of penalties. Yes, Bennett, Bennett has been, we should probably talk about that too. Bennett, as an aside, has not been good at all, um, to put it lightly. Uh, yeah, so anyway. That is putting it lightly. I got a big problem with this, and the reason why is you can't call out two players to the media and talk about how they have a bank account and then outright saying that Kachuk and Goudreau are okay because they draw more penalties than take them. Well, where's the incentive for these guys? Now they're confused because as a defender... Well, as, as 
as and I mean, Kachuk doesn't take the brightest of penalties. No, I mean, it. You, sure, he draws penalties, but he takes real stupid ones too. Let's call spade a spade here. Some of the shit that he does is. We need that. We need that a little bit, but there's got to be a limit. And he's still very young. You got to teach him now, because if he gets into that groove of taking those kind of stupid penalties and doesn't really get reamed out for it then there's a problem and in fact last season when he was starting off with the team he did get benched for taking stupid penalties early in the season and now he's when, not getting he benched afford to do it right and then when he got benched last season he actually started playing way better after that and he was smarter now you're giving him this quote-unquote bank account, which it feels like right now he's got like Fed Reserve money because he's able Car to get away with anything. To be a- yeah, and now you're telling me that you're calling out a defender for taking too many penalties rather than drawing them. First, a defender's not going to draw penalties. It's very rare. Um, even with guys like Brody who bomb up often mm-hmm. to add to the attack, he's not going to be the guy that draws a penalty. So... You're not really setting a or good example for drawing, the defenders. He's not nearly drawing as many right. as he's taking. You can't, you're not setting a right example for defenders. You almost want to incentivize the defenders to get more aggressive. It should be a different standard for defenders and a different standard for forwards. If a defender's taking a penalty because he tried to win that board battle and he happened to break the guy's stick or whatever, you should be okay with that. I want my defenders to fight for that fucking puck. I don't care what it takes. Now, it's just like those street light, those uh, red light cameras in Calgary. Some of them have, I think all of them have the speed camera on them built in as well. So now you're questioning whether you're not, once the light hits yellow and you're kind of like a few feet away from the crosswalk line, you don't know what if do you I need do? to, yeah, you don't know if you need to gun it and take the ticket and you know you got to gun it faster on the yellow or if you slam on your brakes and someone is behind you fucking tailgating you. It's the same fucking thing. You cannot tell a defender to hold split back. Second, split second decision. Absolutely. If Hamilton takes a penalty because he went hard into the boards to try to win the puck, you should encourage that. Because he's not taking a stupid penalty. He's taking a penalty for playing the game. If you're, you're going to encourage guys like Kachuk to take a stupid penalty just because he gained us two more power plays, then I don't know really what to tell yeah. you. And, then- and I think that's a part of the reason why the team is not playing that well right now. Because now you have defenders that are getting a little fickle on the boards. And Hamilton took how many penalties last game? I think two? Penalties One or two? two? Yeah. And he looked absolutely dejected into the, into the penalty box going like, ah, fuck. Mm-hmm. Well, how am I gonna... So what is he supposed to do as a defender after a coach says that to him? Should he start bombing up like crazy, completely ignoring his defensive responsibilities to try to draw a penalty? Yeah. You're, you're sending confusing messages, guys. It's really bad man management in that level. That's awful. I, you know, I, I mean, I coach kids and it's really not comparable, but there's no way I would say something like that. You got to encourage them to play, play, play their game, play hard. Well, I mean, you, you can coach out elements of stupid penalties. Yeah. But that kind of exactly, exactly like you're saying, play hard and fouls happen sometimes, right? Yeah. Or penalties happen sometimes. And you're looking at when you're in hard on the boards like that and particularly... Kachuk and Bennett's penalties too. They're not in the defensive zone. They're 200 feet the other way, or they're in the in the neutral zone. Yeah. And you just look at these minor stick infractions, or body infractions, or goalie interference. I really hate goalie interference. Like that is just we're on an offensive chance to score, and then all of a sudden someone's, you know, doing what they're not supposed to be doing, and it's getting called. Yeah. And you know we can lose goals because of that, right? Because you've interfered with the goalie when he's. Trying to do his job, I guess. Well, but I mean, as, as a coach, I think the number one thing you need to do is instill confidence in your players. Motivation, confidence. Motivation, confidence. You Relief. need to make sure, yeah, the players need to believe in you and your system. And I mean, even when you look at Hamilton, yeah. you just look at the guy's face. He doesn't seem like the most self-assured guy. And yeah, he I doesn't think he, seem I think he's a totally kind of player confident. who really needs that coach to believe in him, to be like, Dougie, you're going to go out there and you're going to kill it. And you're gonna, you, you have the skill, you have the capability, I know you can do it. I believe in you. Instead of this, you take any more dumb penalties and you're going to be, Stone's going to be in your spot or Hamanich is going to be in your spot. Exactly. That's it. I, I'm, I'm fed up with you. And, you know, we've taken flack for the way we've kind of been on Hamilton before, but this guy is one of our younger defensive stars. Gio's not getting any younger. No, and I actually think Hamilton is probably... 
I mean, he's the third best defender right now in terms of what I've seen so far. Uh, Hamonich is up there too, but Brody and Gio are still our best defenders. Uh, but he I think be, Hamilton has potential be to be. I think Hamilton has the potential to be the best defender. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. when I saw him in Boston, he was something else. And even, even last season when he started picking it up, he actually became our best defender. Like kind of just from an all-around perspective. Being able to quarterback a little bit, adding up to the attack, uh, being confident with the puck, really good skater. He's got all the tools necessary to be the best defender. I think he just needs to be treated differently and not in a... And then the limelight that Galtzen put him under, more of a, and we talked about this, I think, in our first episode, where Galtzen has to find that balance between this almost millennial-style management of, 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 of players versus the guys that are used to being a little bit more criticized harshly, and they're okay with that. And for him, too, it's about recognizing how different players are going to respond, because you can't tell me Gio and Stajan and Hamilton and Backlund and Goudreau and Monaghan and Smith can all be coached with the same mode. No, yeah. they definitely can't. And it's your job to manage this team, to understand their personalities, to understand their needs, to provide that motivation, that boost, that confidence in an individual setting. Because you're the coach. You're coaching these 25 guys, whoever it is or whoever's sitting, day in, day out. And it's your job to, to pump them up, to get them ready, to have them go out there and, and do their job to the best of their ability. That is your job. These guys all know how to play hockey. They all know what to do. But the modern-day coach, it's it's about getting that player set to go out there and, and, and he's playing 125%. He's not playing at the 60 to 70% level which we've been playing at so far. Yeah. And it's that... It's all those, all those motivational factors, those confidence factors, those belief factors, those coaching mishaps that has led to our... Inability to break out, inability to make those simple passes, not looking threatening when we're playing five on five or, or even to create any real scoring chances. And when we do create those scoring chances, to capitalize on those scoring chances and have them count for something, which you know, at the end of the day is, is goals. And, and, and one more thing from my end about this is that it's so easy to criticize players. It's so easy to just point out the faults of people. But again, as a coach, instead of pointing out the faults, help guide them to eliminate the faults and improve what they do well and then make things and erase the things that they do poorly. You can't come out to the media and then say, we just have to be better, we have to do this and that, and not be specific, and then all of a sudden be specific on players and talk about how they have bank accounts on penalties and penalties drawn. That's stupid. You, you cannot... It's almost it's almost like you're a hypocrite in the sense that you're saying this very generalized things about the team and what we need to do better, but you're not actually talking about what we need to do better. But then all of a sudden you're calling out players and giving them these weird, uh, you know, allotments of penalties that they can take and and all that. How the hell does that help them? How how does calling out a player like a Bennett or a Hamilton? about their quote-unquote bank accounts. I'm going to keep saying bank account. It's so fucking stupid, man. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so baffled at this whole thing, this bank account thing. Somebody it's call so ATB. Dumb. So dumb. It's so dumb. Why are you calling out players Gio, in that you. respect? Because it doesn't help them. Why don't you sit them in the video room and explain to them what you're talking about? Forget this fucking bank account thing. Who cares? If he's playing hard and, make, and, and drawing penalties, great. If he's taking penalties for playing hard, great. I want him to play hard. That's number one. Number one goal is to get the players to play hard, 125%. Then you can talk about adjusting their play or adjusting how many penalties they take or whatever. But you would only have step one down first. Get step one down. Get that first period of hockey against the Wild back to a consistent level. Then you can start talking about all these other things. So eight games in, we're in a bit of a situation having lost three of the last four. We can bounce back for sure, but culpability, if you have a sliding scale, who is culpable for where we are right now, coach or players? That's always a tough question. I think right now it's the coaching because the players what have shown... 70-30, 80-20? I'd say 70-30 coaching only because the players, it feels like they only play 33% of the game. It feels like we only get real one period 
uh, sorry, one solid period of hockey per game so far on average. I haven't really why, seen us why is that kill it all game. I don't know. Like, I think for starters, it does feel like when the other team figures us out, we don't adjust. We seem like we can be very easily figured out. We are figured out. And that's kind of where I'm feeling like, okay, so where the players are capable, the players actually, and when we played LA, that first period, we were killing them. It looked like we were, we were like the Harlem Globetrotters of hockey at one point there. Like it actually, they couldn't even get the puck from us. And then all of a sudden, halfway through that second period, boom, we were flat. So either line matching was going on or something was said in the Kings dressing room that said, we need to go up this side or when Hamilton's on the ice or when Kachuk's on the ice or whatever. They're adjusting the play, but it feels like we're not doing that. I think that's why it's come down to coaching. That's our thing. transition game, right? Yeah, and our, our breakout play. We have we 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 get foiled when our plan A doesn't work. Yeah, and I think plan A is the plan. And e- even watching in life, these you guys need more than one plan in Minnesota in the Minnesota game when we were trying to break it out, and we couldn't. When they were dumping it in, it was like no one was ready for that dump in. No one was ready for them to play that puck into the zone, and then. Skate in to get it. Skate in to win it. And I remember when I can't remember how many years ago it was, but it was, it was a while ago when we, when we dumped that puck in, and there were two guys, just skating as hard as they fucking could, straight into that zone, and you know behind the net, the other team knew I'm gonna get wrecked by Chris Simon or someone is gonna come oh, yeah. down Fear and, factor. and 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 rail me. Now it's like, oh, we dumped it in and Goudreau's kind of gliding in the zone and he's putting that fake pressure on that guy. And we're not really challenging to win the puck. It's those 50-50 battles. And yeah, I, I think I need a beer after talking about, <laughs> talk about this because this is pissing me off a little bit. But, yeah, again, like I, I, the players are still pretty responsible. I'm not absolving them from any type of responsibility here. Yeah, but what do you what do you think? Like, what what is your? I would say like, what's your scale? I'd say it's fifty fifty. I mean, yeah, Gulletson's had those coaching mishaps, but I also like the fact that he's kept Smith in there, and I think he recognizes now that Calgary has a goalie that's that's got talent and he, that can bail us out. But the, the players have let him down in the fact that we haven't been able to score goals. That two one game against Carolina, we got one goal. Mm-hmm. And Carolina got two, and that was enough. And I mean, in both games, Darling played well. Yeah. So did Staylock. They both played well, but so did Smith. And Carolina outshot us in our own building. Come yeah. on, we do. I think it. I, <laughs> we I think need to it be is, better. <laughs> it's like everyone's to blame equally because everyone, everyone, everyone can be better. Everyone can yeah. just be better. On on a positive note, Brower played well last game. He did play well. I, I will. Again, I will always give credit to guys that play well. I mean, he he actually showed some effort. He gone from the net. So played once, his maybe game. Maybe he rediscovers it. I hope so. I hope maybe his wife heard us and really yeah, maybe. changed something up. Probably not. Added a little extra. Kind of hoping players don't listen taco to this. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> tacos. I love tacos. Taco Tuesday or something like um, that. I saw someone post like, "Screw it, it's Monday," and they were eating tacos. I. I'd eat tacos every day if I could. Yeah. I might get sick of it, I guess. Maybe. Uh, then you get a fish, chicken, beef, pork. That chicken guy. What if you had like a lobster taco? They have to have lobster tacos somewhere. I think they do. They must. Like a <laughs> crab taco. This lamb. is what this lamb. is what you guys have resorted us to. You could to. have like a donair taco. Your oh my shitty God. play. That'd We're talking so about good. tacos like on our shawarma taco. <sighs> like tahini tahini salsa. I'm going to shotgun this beer until we're done with this conversation. <laughs> tahini salsa. That's a thing. We should make that if it's not a thing. I'm not making tahini salsa. Come that, on. that sounds awful. That sounds good. You know, they have that. That's actually, like putting white fish that, I, I had recently, I had a mango peach salsa. I thought this would be shit. It was actually really good. I couldn't stop eating it. Like, oh man, this is good. It's really, really tasty. It's better than regular salsa. I like salsa. I mean, I, I but... You know, I like it. I don't know. I just like it. Well, I don't we're quitting love our it. day jobs officially as of now. But doing salsa. That recipes. mango peach salsa, it was good. <laughs> okay. It was really good. 
Anyhow, you were at the game. You were at the game. I was at the game, and it's still Tell true. Us about it. It's still true. Um, you cannot get an ice cream and have a piss in the same period break. It's just impossible. Our stadium logistics are and these idiots. Like seriously, you want to? There's one. I, there's one or two. How many? Are, there must be two. The one on the other opposite end of where that ice cream stall is, and it's lined up. It's snaking through the entire dome. Why don't they just open up, close one of those restaurants that nobody buys stuff from, and just have ice cream guys? Yeah. And then everyone can have ice cream. Everyone will be a little bit happier. You know, you'd never have to really line up to buy a beer at a period break. And you just, if you, if you, if you got that done, even like two more ice cream stalls or people who work faster. I don't know if the employees there are just really slow, but just be better. Hey, I was at the Sade at Subway. I don't know if people go there, but my God, they were fast. Like I was in line. Yeah. And I was kind of daydreaming, and there was someone ringing a bell because I needed to come up faster. It was like, ding, 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 ding. They were upset with me that I wasn't straight up there. And then I ordered my food. It was so efficient. It was like, bang, 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 bang. Everyone knew their job. Everyone knew what to do. I was impressed. Okay, Those people at State Subway, damn. Yeah. You were, the food was crap. We need to But be the efficiency was good. It was a really terrible sandwich. But I was impressed with the efficiency so much that I could overlook that the food was horrible. So but you're suggesting that, that the stadium staff go and observe these people and go. No, I'm, I do don't better? even know if the ice. I feel like you could work a little. Couldn't you preload some ice creams? I don't know, man. Like, what's I the most? Couldn't you it. do some data analytics on this? I barely know enough about the flames like, to talk okay, about you know, them. Why am I talking about ice cream? Twist. 30% chocolate, 20 vanilla, and our most popular size is large. Like, preload a bunch of those twist large. For period breaks, just pop out 20 of those. I think you should write an email. And then away you go. Like, what are these kids doing when it's 10 minutes into the first? Who needs a new stadium when you can if make your ice cream more efficient? Like, they could improve so many things, but it all falls on deaf ears. Yeah. They, all right. Let's talk about the game you were at. So, you were going to mention interesting, something about Interesting part. Yeah, Yager. A lot of different people talking about him. So I heard, standing around, mostly in line. To take a piss because that's what it's like. But there's a father and his son were talking about Yager, and the father was saying, "I really hope we 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 just bench this guy and get someone who can actually play." So basically, that Yager can't skate or anything anymore. Fine. The other guys were saying, "I really hope Yager isn't hurt that bad so he can come out and play again because we need him." Fine. I feel as if my opinion of Yager is not either one of those two. It's definitely in the middle. Like. What I've seen from the guy, yeah, sure, he has his moments, but really he's not, for a million bucks, that which we're paying him, sure, he's not adding that much to the team. Not right now. And I really don't know how much he is going to add. Granted, we took a big gamble on him, but it just seems like he hasn't been able to make that impact yet. And I mean, it's early. Fitness is off. Fitness yeah, is really slow. Early. He's 45. He hasn't gelled with these guys yet. He hasn't got used to it. The good part is Goudreau and etc. Everyone on the team is excited that he's playing there, but I mean, is, I is Morel worth? I am worried dollars? about fitness, like those legs. He's forty-five. Okay, it doesn't look. I like. I I will disagree with you on uh, in terms of what value he adds, uh, only because on the power play. He sees the puck. He sees the game a lot differently than the other guys. And when he has those quick one-twos with Goudreau, there aren't many players on the team that can actually do that. Um, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Backlund on our first power play unit. Yeah, but I would actually counter that by saying, why not just give that second line more power play time? Why don't you start Honestly, with... Honestly, they look more dangerous Yeah, the why don't you unit. start with Kachuk, Frolik, and, uh, and Backlund on the power play to start off rather than constantly using Johnny, Imani, and Yager. Because as much as... I really think we're, we have line line 1A and 1B, and then line 3. Yeah. Because... And we should really be giving these guys... Honestly, if you ask me... you got If you say to me you got to lose one of Backland or Monaghan, I'm almost tempted to keep Backland. Yeah. And I mean, Monaghan plays with Goudreau, Maybe. but I think you really... I wouldn't mind seeing Backlund play with Goudreau. I really wouldn't. And I, 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 and I really hate to break up that line because they're so good, but wow, if, if, you can, if you can get those two going, and it's just like Backlund's a silky player. He gets the game. He's smart. He's complete. 
He's very and smart. He's really developed well. I don't know why he's not on our first power play unit, especially when you're putting guys like Versteeg and Brower out there. Yeah. Granted, they're good players, and Versteeg scored a really nice goal, five on did. three. Versteeg Saw that had opportunity, had that chance, especially coming off what he came off, which yeah. was. I was just about to gu- say, when a guy is down yeah. like that, I, come on, I feel as if he's not getting up, he's writhing on the ice, he's seriously hurt. I don't know if we should be playing on, especially if Skinner is just gonna drill one into his head. I mean, come. on. He's the type of player that's definitely not diving either. He's, no. He's a guy that's, he's a Lethbridge boy. He's just going to keep going until like his arm falls off. And almost, in this case, his head fucking falling off because he got shot in the fucking head. And I'm amazed it, it wasn't worse than it was because when I saw that in the dome, it, it, everyone was just aghast. It's like, oh my God. It's, and then, and then when the he got player, hit in he, the head, yeah. then they blew the whistles. Yeah, and then Skinner did skate right up and was like, "What have I done?" Blah, way to blah, go, blah. way like, to go, NHL! You really killed you're it. Really there. putting them because these players have to play on and they have to keep playing. And what's he supposed to do in that situation? And yeah. Skinner's just trying to score. He's obviously he's not trying, trying to hit, to hit the hit guy him. in the yeah. head, but it's still it's still dangerous. But um, I think I think so. If we kind of track back to Yager, I think he does still add enough value um, to warrant his place in the team, but. In that last podcast, I said it was only a matter of time that he was going to be put on the first line. I think my only suggestion to the team is don't get caught up in the stardom. You're getting caught up, caught up in the stardom, and then you're getting caught up in the nostalgia of Yager. He shows glimpses of it, but it's not consistent enough yet. You need to get him eased into the team first. He's still 45. You still need to give him third-line minutes. You need him yeah. to get used to the team minutes. first. You cannot put him on the first line. I was super worried. I was, I mean, deep down, I was pretty excited about it. But my re- the reality side of me kicked in and said, no, that's not a good idea. Um, so I, I'm hopeful for him. I don't, they said lower body injury. I thought he broke his wrist on that play. Like the way his like wrist kind of went backward on that, on that shot it that he tried to take. didn't look like anything happened. Yeah, hopefully it's nothing serious, of course. I, I, I'd love to see him back quick. But... We need to not get caught up in the Yager mania that's kind of wrapped Calgary um, for the sake of the fact that it's Yager. Just we need to still treat him like any other player. He will add value. He will add leadership. He will add that other voice where a coach may not be able to do because let's put a say call a spade a spade here. People are going to listen to Yager over your coach. Yager's been around forever. Yager's seen it all. And he's top five in points. And his goal scoring is unbelievable. He has a voice in the dressing room. I don't know if Yager's really going to say anything that's too controversial against the right coach. Now, right? right now, he won't. And I'm not, I'm not encouraging him to say things against the coach. My, my, you know, why I mention that is more of if Galitza says, says something about a style of play that we need to do in intermission, it would be good for a guy like Yager to stand up and be like, guys, this is the way we need to play. I've seen this before. Let's, we need to play like that, right? He needs to affirm what the coach is saying. That's more of what I'm trying to get at. He needs to be that other voice in the dressing room that affirms what the coach wants to do, instill some more confidence. If a guy like Yager, and I'm a hockey player, tells me, you know, Jank, you, know, you should be doing this in the boards because this worked for me for 30-something years, so do it, and I start doing it, I will do it because Yager told me to. And if the coach told me to and Yager says, yeah, yeah, you, like, he's right, you got to try that. Right? It's another voice in the dressing room. Double down. Double down. Coach Galitzin, Coach Yager. Why is, not? Is Yager older than Galitzin? He probably is, hey? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think so. So, we lost two at home. We got four games coming up. Nashville away on Tuesday. St. Louis away on Wednesday. Dallas at home on Friday. Capitals at home on Sunday. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well... My heart says eight points. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that our home wo- woes will continue, unfortunately, until I see something different. But as it stands, I think we can get I think we can get four points out of our away stint here. And I think we're only going to get one point at our home games. So I, I think five. Five? I'm going to say Eddie Lack's going to come in against Nashville. And, you know, we're going to finally do what other teams have done to us, and our backup goalie is going to stonewall Nashville. We're going we're gonna to squeak out of there with win. 
We're going to lose in St. Louis. We're going to beat Dallas at home. And then the Capitals game, I'm going to say, is an overtime loss. No, I'm, we're going to lose, sadly. So just four points. That was quick. Yeah, I thought about it, and I thought about the Capitals, <laughs> and then I thought— It didn't take very long there. It just doesn't—Sunday Sunday game, is it an afternoon game? Hopefully not, because we suck at those. Oh, I'll be at the Dallas game, so I hope they win there. Dallas is seven, yeah. Got to be loud and vocal. Oh, I will be. So— Four points and five points. Hopefully we get eight. I'd take seven or six. I, I just want to win. I take wins. Goals. I like goals, yeah, we're, too. I mean, we're so dejected as fans. Like, we need to see something here because this is, this is terrible. Like, it's hard to talk about them without really saying, like, wow, we suck right now. Uh, we, it's we, maybe harsh, but we suck right now. You know what, let's, just, let's just leave it on one note. Uh, do better. <laughs> do better. Do better. We'll do better if you do better. We'll do better on this we'll, podcast. We'll talk about this podcast. We're not going to tell you, know, you we, how. We need to for next time. You just do better. Okay, yeah. Guys, do just better. do better. You just, you, know, made, you just made dinner for a girl tonight? Do better. Yeah, like you gave her food poisoning. Do better. <laughs> she never wants to talk to you again. Do better. Well, you know, if she's not answering your text, what can you, that's the story of my life. <laughs> but do better. Theme of today's there. podcast, do better do better do better in the story whatever that means do better there are many please do better but i think we'll leave it there for this evening uh four games to come for the better next episode out in about a week thank you again so much for listening we hope you enjoyed it this is episode eight of the flames fancast again you can follow us on twitter at flames fancast that's at flames fancast we're there you can search us up you'll find us and wherever you get your podcasts, if you don't already know, you can subscribe wherever you are. We'll be there too. So you can take us with you on the train, on the plane, in the automobile, hands-free, hopefully, please. Set yes. it up before you drive anywhere. But if you are gonna if you are gonna, you know, hold your phone and drive, make sure you have one hand on the wheel. I kinda teach people that all the time. How are you gonna hold your phone if you don't have your hand just on the wheel? Just don't just get it set up before you go. Okay, maybe don't listen to me. Yeah. Have yourselves a fantastic evening. Go Flames, go. Bye-bye. Barbara Streisand.